A voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. With these words, we mark the official end to the Christmas season. We celebrate the the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And I'd propose that we mark the answer to one of the great questions that plague so many today. Last week, we started a three-week series of homilies on why people, and particularly young adults, leave the practice of the faith. The percentages and statistics are epidemic proportions. And also, not just the why, but the what. The what we can do in response. How we as a church can respond to this. So last week we looked at the question of faith and reason through the lens of the three magi. Next week we'll be looking at the problem of pain and suffering as we hear the gospel of the wedding feast at Cana. But today we look to morality. We look to morality for, as Pope Francis says, the church is to be a hospital for sinners, not just a museum of saints. But the fact is that when faced with sin, some people, many people, turn away from the church. In some cases, it's because of personal sin known only to us and God from which there is shame, and so they turn away. For others, it's more public sin known to family and friends, and people choose their family and friends over what they mistakenly believe to be the gospel, or also the institutional sin, corruption of institutions, not least of all the the church herself. And in the light of this, what do we hear St. Paul say in his letter to Titus? But to reject godless ways and worldly desires. Right. But how? And how to respond when others highlight those godless ways and worldly desires. When I was a kid, my father developed a bit of a, a habit. I don't know what started it maybe a Sunday homily, but every time I did something that caught his attention that was particularly good, he had a, a habit of pontificating in a Mufasa-like voice, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. At the time I thought it was weird and a little annoying, but now, I, truth be told, I cherish it. Even at the time, I knew that didn't mean when he said I was his beloved son that I would always do what he wanted me to do. We butted heads. We, we fought the way so many fathers and sons do. But the one thing I absolutely knew for certain was that he loved me desperately. And I'd propose that the answer to the question of morality in the church is the very same. This is my beloved son. Look to to the person. Be pleased with the person with whom I am well pleased. No, that doesn't mean that we will love everything that the person does, not everything that we do, but 
And we don't have to pretend that everything that is done is okay. But we first start with this, loving the other as, as the other, as a brother or sister. Remember Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. She's caught in the very act of adultery, being led out of the city to be stoned. And Jesus calms the crowd with those words, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. I guess the joke says that then a stone was thrown from the back of the crowd and Jesus said, Mom, go home. That, that's not the true story. But he calms the crowd all Nevertheless, and starting with the elders, they drop their stones and walk away. Jesus saying to the woman, has no one condemned you? No one, sir. Neither do I condemn you. But, but from now on, go and sin no more. See, he doesn't pretend that adultery isn't a sin. Our our Lord is a straight shooter. He calls a spade a spade and a sin a sin. Go and sin no more. But he sees her as more than her sin. We are more than the sum total of our failures. And our job as members of the church is to do the same, to love the sinner and hate the sin, both and. Three examples. Dale Barr is a, a friend of mine, I've known her for years, and many years back she had an abortion. We were on a retreat together, and during the course of the retreat, knowing that she was loved by God and those around her in the retreat, even praying with that same passage of the woman caught in adultery, she had the courage to admit her sin. Later on, she admitted it to family and friends, and I can share it to this day because she's gone so far as to speak openly in public about how the pressure to have an abortion almost destroyed her life. Her ability to come to healing, to come to forgiveness, to come to the knowledge of the mercy of the Church started with that awareness of being a beloved daughter. Another example, the Church's teachings on marriage and sexuality. These can be oh so divisive today. We could have a whole course on the subject, but in short, it comes down to marital intimacy by a Catholic is never okay if he or she is not married in the Catholic Church. I know this can seem unrealistic or irrelevant, even downright hurtful to some today. In fact, the Church gets labeled by some as being hateful because we don't endorse certain lifestyles. How do we respond as a Church? Not starting with the sin, but please, God, going back to this, to the baptism, to beloved sons and daughters, seeing the person as a person, not just the desires, not just the sexuality, not just the shortcomings and sins. For we have a dignity, 
members of his royal kingdom. We point to that. And only with that foundation do we get into the details of sin and morality. They are important. But first things first. And finally, on the subject of morality, keeping people from the church, the third example is the hardest. Those are the sins of the members of the church. For whenever, whenever someone in this church sins, it affects the whole body, but especially when her ministers, or priests, or bishops, or deacons, or religious and lay staff members, when they do, it's a cause of scandal. I want you first uh, to hear me apologize, for this includes me, my own sins. No, not the heinous ones that are in the newspaper, but every time I sin, that causes division in the body of Christ. But also, to apologize for my brothers, in particular of my fellow priests and bishops. We're striving to do better. We must do better. How can people continue to have faith and hope in the church in the face of the scandals of the, of the past? Please, God, we look to the baptism. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I hate the sin, but I love the sinner. The Lord does not speak in generalities, for we are not pure spirits, and we are not a church of angels. For just like the Holy Spirit descending in bodily form on that one person of Jesus in the Jordan River. So the Spirit comes to us, to you and to me, and to our loved ones. And that voice says, This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter. May we live like so today.